Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with a promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. All right, welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast presented by Jersey Mike's of Chapel Hill. Heels 15 for 15% off your Jersey Mike's order in Chapel Hill. We have a a special guest on this version of the podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin, and we have on the phone here Will Rothschild, who lives in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and has paid close attention to the Wofford Terriers basketball program, and UNC obviously plays Wofford this Tuesday, so this is going to serve as kind of a preview as we dive into that game and that kind of match of, of course, Wofford beat UNC last season. So, Will, what's going on, man? Just, uh, just looking forward to Tuesday night. There's a, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's some students right now camping out in front of the, uh, in front of the uh, Jerry Richardson Indoor Stadium on Wofford's campus, hoping to get uh, their hands on one of the. Uh, student tickets so that they can get into the game Tuesday. And there's just a lot of excitement here in Spartanburg about uh, North Carolina coming in here to play. For sure. That's kind of where we want to start. Last year, December 20th, Wofford comes into Chapel Hill, into the Smith Center, and beats North Carolina 79-75. Outplayed Carolina, I thought, and really had a really good shooter in Fletcher McGee. But to get to more of the atmosphere, kind of what your intro there. What's the feeling around town? Because I'm sure there's a lot of UNC fans in Spartanburg in that area, but then you have a team that is is a good, decent basketball program. And this must be a huge game for Wofford and for the town of, of Spartanburg. It is, you know, and, and Mike Young is uh, has, has taken this Wofford program to the NCAA tournament four times, and over the last decade, he has really established it as one of the more consistent mid-major programs really in the country. And there's just a, a lot of excitement in the community about that program. They opened up a new arena last year that is really state-of-the-art. It's one of the better basketball arenas really anywhere in the country and certainly of any uh, kind of mid-major program. And so that helped uh, just add fuel to uh, the interest in the program here locally. It, it For a long time, it was just Wofford kind of students and Wofford alums that were interested in Wofford uh, basketball, but the community is, is really starting to turn out and people that have never really had an affiliation with the school before are starting to support that program. And, and it really kind of became the place to be last, last season. Now, Walf- uh, Spartanburg and Wofford's what, about an hour south of Charlotte, right? That's right. Just an hour uh, south on 85. Of course. Yeah. So is the town kind of, is, is it a college town? I mean, what's the kind of vibe when you're talking about Spartanburg as a, as, as a city, is it kind of built around their university or is Wofford kind of part of, uh, of a larger city? Yeah, it's, it's Wofford's a, a, a very, I would say it's an essential part of the fabric of, of Spartanburg, but I wouldn't necessarily say Spartanburg has um, a college town vibe to it. Um, you know, Spartanburg's uh, the, the, 
only BMW manufacturing plant in North America is located in Spartanburg. And so you have about 7,000 BMW employees and then several thousand more uh, BMW suppliers. So it's a, it's a manufacturing town. It's, a, it's very much a business community. And there are actually seven colleges in Spartanburg. Um, oh, wow. In addition to, yeah, in addition to Wofford, you've got USC Upstate and Converse College. Spartanburg Methodist, and uh, uh, there's a medical school here, and so there's there are cumulatively there's about 12,000 college students in Spartanburg, but because they're kind of all divided up among seven schools, um, you don't have that one institution like a like a Clemson or a UNC that makes it feel uh, like a college town. But um, but it's changing, and especially with like I said earlier, the Wofford men's basketball program it, it's really kind of capturing the imagination here in Spartanburg and, and the school has actually dubbed this game the biggest sporting event in Spartanburg history of it which uh for, for North Carolina fans it's just kind of maybe just another season opener but this game is a big big deal here in Spartanburg yeah so the day of the game Tuesday you know what's it going to be like kind of getting ready for that game around campus around the stadium with uh, the baby blue coming in town, what do you, what do you kind of expect as a, someone who's been around the program for many years now? Well, like I said, there's a lot of excitement with it. Um, the, the, in talking to Wofford folks last week, they're saying that this is definitely uh, the most in-demand ticket they've ever had for a basketball game, and that includes last season when they opened up their new building. Uh, they played South Carolina, who was coming off, you know, their best season in their history, coming off a Final Four season. Frank Martin brought his team in here to open the building. and uh, But the Wofford folks are saying this ticket is easily uh, has been more a more in-demand ticket than that one was. Uh, like I said, you've got students who, um, as of today, started camping out uh, to get a ticket for this game. Uh, the place, the new arena for any Tar Heel fans that are have managed to score a ticket and will be there, they're going to be really impressed. It's it's a fantastic um, arena. They spared no expense. Jerry Richardson, the former owner of the Carolina Panthers, is a Wofford alum, and he gave the money to build this stadium. And because it's a, a private institution, they don't necessarily always release a lot of the figures, but but the rumor is that this was about a forty million dollar building, which is uh, which is a lot of money, and it it only holds thirty four hundred people. Wow! Um, so it's small in terms of capacity, but the seats are all right on top of the court, and it gets super loud. And uh, it's a it's 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 a really great atmosphere for college basketball. Yeah, so it sounds like almost you know, almost like a Cameron indoor, if not smaller, like a high school gym with all the fans right there. ESPN two is going to be in the house on Tuesday night at 7 PM with the Tar Heels in town. That's me. I'm sure it's gonna be rocking. It's gonna be packed full. Great way to kind of kick off the season. So we've got the idea of Wofford now university, this game, how it's so big that the biggest, hottest ticket in town. What's the, the team, the team returns, I think four of the, the four leading scores from last season. Of course, they upset at UNC, in December, and the, and the Fletcher McGee is this knockdown shooter, a really good guard. What can you kind of tell us, you know, a quick, brief synopsis of what this team looks like this season, what we can expect on Tuesday, and then we'll get into maybe some more matchups and things like that. 
Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> as you said, they, all the major pieces from last year's team are back, and that's, that starts with Fletcher McGee. He's the preseason Southern Conference Player of the Year, um, and he's a guy who um, is a he, – he's not just a good shooter, but he's a, he gets his shot off um, really against anybody. He's, he's got a very, very quick release. Sometimes he fires it up from, from some odd angles, but, and they just go in. He's six three, six four, so he's got decent size. So it's he can get his shot off against just about anybody. And the thing about McGee is that he has delivered. He hasn't rung up big stats just against, you know, Southern Conference competition. Uh, he's done it against everybody. He scored thirty six against Georgia Tech last year. He scored twenty seven against North Carolina. So I mean, he he does it against everybody. He's he's showing up on some mock draft boards. Uh, all you know this year uh, we'll see how that works out um, so everything when you talk about Wofford starts with him but I, I think you probably remember and anyone who watched that game last year remembers the the difference in the second half was probably Cameron Jackson who's Wofford's um, he's a preseason all Southern Conference center 6'8 250 pounds he's a grown man and um, he had, I think, 18 points and nine rebounds and six block shots last year in the game. And uh, I think uh, one of the keys that I'm going to be watching is if Garrison Brooks and Sterling Manley, um, to see their development from last year and see if they can hold their own against a guy like Cameron Jackson a little bit better than they did last year. Yeah, and just look at the numbers. I mean, those four players that I mentioned, the leading scorers from last season, they all played over 25 minutes. Fletcher McGee, 33 minutes a game, 22 per- points per game, shot 43.9% from three. And Cameron Jackson, who you mentioned, mentioned the big man, played 23 minutes, um, 12 points per game, 5.9 rebounds, and shot 60.1% from the field. Those are two main guys to kind of know, don't want to bog you down too much in the numbers right now we're going to talk quickly about jersey mics jersey mics at chapel hill heels 15 is all you need to know to get 15 percent off your order in jersey mics at chapel hill our guys charlie clinton griffin own the jersey mics franchises and they've all opened a new one here in chatham county so all you need to know is heels 15 go to jerseymikes.com backslash order it'll show all the locations nearest you click order pick up your favorite sub at the checkout inner heels 15 they have three locations in chapel hill they have one in hillsborough right off i-40 and now one uh in chatham county when you come up from laurenburg pinehurst southern pines stanford or pittsburgh or just live down in that kind of briar chapel area so if you're coming to a game uh, stanford games around the corner in chapel hill there's two more home football games you need something quick to tailgate with for your family for your friends Stop by at Jersey Mike's, enter the code HEELS15 online, and come get your order. I did. I was watching some games with friends, and, and we did uh, three subs. We put in HEELS15, and we saved a bunch of money. It's 15% off your order. Do that now. Support IC Podcast. Help out our guys at Jersey Mike's. Get a discount. It's a win-win. So back to Wofford, how UNC matches up. Will, I know you kind of grew up a UNC fan. You're actually an IC subscriber, so you're speaking to your people right now. Um, <laughs> you know, UNC, I, I was at the game on Friday against Mount Olive. We know the talent returning in Luke May, Cameron Johnson, Kenny Williams. We saw Kobe White and what he can do. He looks like he's going to be the starting point guard. Um, Nasir Little flashed a little talent 
and Garrison Brooks got the start. Uh, so it looks like the starting lineup is going to be Kobe White, Kenny Williams, um, Cameron Johnson, Luke May, and Garrison Brooks, at least for these first few games. With that kind of lineup, it seems pretty it's – a, it's, a, it's not a giant lineup. It's very athletic. It's flexible. It's got some shooters. How do you think a team like Wofford matches up, maybe just physically, and what are ways you think that Wofford can take advantage of the Tar Heels like they did last year? Put your, put your best analysis hat on. Yeah, well, I think, I think I would go back to what we were just talking about. I think um, Cameron Jackson really took advantage of North Carolina last year and in and, and the second half especially. And um, it's going to be a big early test and, and a great early gauge of how much progress Garrison Brooks, Sterling Manley, and, and possibly, I guess, Brandon Huffman as well have made since we last saw them in March. Um, will be Tuesday night to see how they fare against a guy like Cameron Jackson. Again, he's uh, he's six foot eight. He's two hundred and fifty pounds. I think I was looking at the roster earlier, and Garrison last year uh, they listed him at two fifteen, and going into this year they list him at two thirty. So he's bulked up, but he's still not as big as as Jackson is. So that's going to be a big key. And then I think um, Kenny Williams, I would guess, is going to draw the assignment on McGee. But when, when Kenny is not in the game, who has to deal with McGee at that point? And, um, you know, if, if, if Kenny Williams gets into any kind of foul trouble at all, um, it, could be, it could be really dangerous. Um, it could be really dangerous for, for North Carolina. Um, and then the other thing that I would look at that I'm going to be really interested in is, you know, North Carolina is a program, certainly Roy Williams and, and the three seniors, they've played a lot of college basketball. They've played a lot of road games. They know the drill. But Kobe White, as a freshman point guard, first game, I know he's got loads of talent, and I don't think he's scared of anything. Um, but if things get a little uh, tight or things start to go sideways a little bit, um, and there's foul trouble or whatever, the game doesn't play out as you would like to see it, how um, Kobe and Seventh handle that environment as the point guard, I think will be really interesting to watch. For sure. And I think anytime you go into a road environment, like you said, these young players, Kobe White, Nasir Little, Leaky Black, even Seventh Woods hadn't played a lot. When you get into an environment like that, when maybe – you know, Fletcher McGee hits a couple shots and, and, and Wofford goes up four, five, six points and that lead extends. And this is the first game of the season. That's kind of – it's a very tough test for a rookie, especially a guy like Kobe White who, you know, he played at a Greenfield school, a very small private school. Right. In he, he has been in this atmosphere. And that's a great point about, you know, scheduling a, a, a game to open the season in a hostile environment. Those fans are rowdy. I can imagine – what the the Wofford student section is going to be doing all sorts of crazy things. And then add in the fact that I was looking right here at the roster, McGee and Cameron Jackson are both seniors. They've been here. They know what to do. They, I mean, they're talented college players at an elite level. You mentioned McGee having potentially NBA draft prospects. These guys have played in big games against big competition. They're not going to be intimidated by Carolina, especially when they have the momentum of a fan base. And then Nathan Hoover and Trevor Stump, the next two leading scorers from last season, they're both juniors. So it appears like the starting lineup for Wofford is going to be a, a very experienced group. And sometimes in these games, you play 40 minutes. That's not a lot of time. That experience is worth a lot of points, especially 
if a team starts turning it over. Um, you know, UNC had 22 turnovers on Friday against Mount Olive. So a couple things go wrong, and it kind of snowballs. Yeah, and, and the thing about Wofford and, and under Mike Young is, again, you know, we're not talking about a Michigan State or a Kentucky or, or you know, the, an ACC Big Ten challenge. You know, some of these big programs that – North Carolina under Roy Williams has traditionally played early in the year. Wofford is not at that level, but it is a proud program. And Mike Young has done a great job with the program. And they, you know, North Carolina is not the only big name school that they have beaten under Mike. They've, they've you know, the, the list is pretty long, as a matter of fact. They've beaten Clemson. They've beaten South Carolina. They beat Cincinnati. They've beaten Xavier. They beat Purdue. Uh, they beat Auburn. And, of course, when you're Wofford, you have to do all of that on the road. And so they, just the style of play that they have and the confidence they play with, they're not going to be intimidated. They're rarely blown out by anybody, big-name school, uh, big-name schools included. And um, I would liken them to – I'm not saying they're Virginia, but if you wanted to compare how they play to an ACC school, they're much more – I think like Virginia than anyone else and that they're going to play really tough man-to-man defense all game. They don't give you anything easy and they are going to be pretty deliberate offensively. They don't take a lot of bad shots. They want to work it around and get the shot that they want. And then, um, and you know, if that means running uh, 25 seconds off the shot clock every trip, that's what they'll do. And they eventually just kind of wear you down. And when you have a guy like Fletcher McGee, who you (laughs) You can play really, really great defense against them for 20, 22, 25, 27 seconds, and then McGee makes, you know, a 30-footer, and it's just deflating to your defense. And so that's that's the way they play, and it has um, it's served them well for a lot of years now, and uh, I think that's what you can expect to see Tuesday night. Great analysis there. Will, we really appreciate that insight into Wofford. It's, it's obviously a huge game for the city of Spartanburg and for Wofford. It's obviously going to be a very cool environment down there um, in that building. We're, we're excited to cover it. We appreciate you coming on the Inside Carolina podcast. Next up, we're going to have Adam Smith of the Burlington Times News break down the Elon game, which is coming on Friday, November 9th. Thanks, Will. Thanks a lot for having me. All right. So now we have Adam Smith of the Burlington Times News. Is that right, Adam? Guy, it sounds good the way you say it, too. I just like that. You enunciated it so nice. That's correct. That's right. And he covers nice Elon. Thank you, Adam. He covers He's Elon welcome. football and basketball over there in Burlington. And he also covers some ACC stuff. You'll, you'll see him at NC State, at Duke, at UNC. He's covered UNC the last three years uh, uh, during their NCAA tournament and ACC tournament runs. We're good buddies. We've traveled together to South Carolina. We've traveled to Arizona. We've traveled to Brooklyn two years in a row now. So, well, yeah, we know our big dogs in the big city. Other. That's right. We know each other pretty well. <laughs> um, but of course, we have Adam on to talk Elon. We'll get to that first. But I, I thought since we had, um, you know, my, my good friend Adam on here, and he's a, a veteran North Carolina <laughs> reporter in terms of his journalistic prowess. I want to get to kind of get your vibe here of, of what it's been like covering Elon and covering the ACC over what the last was it three four decades now, <laughs> dude. It's like I mean I think it I think this is my nineteenth year uh, doing this job. Uh, 
So, goodness gracious, I think it's night either eighteen or nineteen years. So you've been you've been doing um, this since high school. I mean, since college, right? Yeah, I yeah I started as like a part time guy when I was a sophomore in college at Burlington. <laughs> um, started covering like high school sports and things like that, helping out in the office on a couple nights. And uh, and and now just look at all this that I have, this kingdom that I have now. It's just amazing. You've had the same <laughs> job since you've been like twenty. Um, yeah, I mean, I I've really branched out. You know that. <laughs> How long have you covered Elon? Oh, the the whole time, like Jeez. the whole time, like I got out of school in the year two thousand, like a Conan O'Brien sketch. In the year two thousand, <laughs> um, I got out of school then, and then. That fall, uh, fall two thousand, I was uh, covering Elon football. Uh, covered Elon football and then Elon basketball. So I was kind of on the Elon beat uh, since two thousand, which actually was a if if it actually was a good time to get in there because there was a lot changing around that school. Like they changed their name from Elon College to Elon University. They went from the Fighting Christians. I don't know if you've ever seen that old school logo, Ross. It is. Huh? It looks fantastic on like t-shirts and stuff like a little angry little dude with his fist balled up looks like a ripoff of notre dame actually yeah. um but so they changed from fighting christians to the phoenix uh a mythical bird and um they started they they moved into a new football stadium in 2001 they had been they had been playing when i started covering they were playing their home football games at a high school stadium in burlington at, at williams high school Wow. which I believe you're a place you're familiar with. Um, yeah, I used to be a student teacher at Williams, and I was the part-time uh, golf coach there. That should be like a podcast of its own, like your stories of molding the young minds of tomorrow. But, yeah, yeah so like that, getting in at that time, it was uh, there was a lot changing around Elon. It's been that they've just, you know, continually taken steps up the ladder. Uh, you know, they, they were very new to division one when I started covering them, they'd been a division two program. And before that they'd been in the NAIA, they weren't even in the NCAA. So it was kind of a, a sharp rise. Um, but it's been fun. It's been good. I mean, we joke about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've not really branched out that much, but it's been, it's been a good time. And there's certainly been a lot of interesting stuff to, to cover over the years. So. I can't they must think that you just work. They must. They must think you just work at Elon because you've been there so long. I was covering a high school football game the other night, uh, and the guy who was on the PA was talking to me at halftime, and he was talking to me about Elon football, and he was like, "Now, do you draw a paycheck from Elon as well as the newspaper?" And I was like, "No, no. Why would why would I get a paycheck from Elon?" He's like, "Well, you give them such good coverage; it looked like they would want to pay for that coverage. I mean, you promote them well." I was like, "No, uh, guy's name's Larry. No, Larry, that that's really not how it works. But uh, you know, I wish I wish that is how it worked. But I mean, just the yeah, fact like, that he would ask me that—it's kind of crazy." Yeah, it's like when people ask me for UNC tickets. Um, yeah, like, right. Exactly. I can't, I can't get you tickets to the Duke game. I don't work for UNC. Um, all right. I so moving along. Members, I have family members that still do that constantly. Can you get me exactly. in for uh, the Carolina Duke game at Duke? Which, you know, that's an easy ticket to get, right? At Duke? Sure. Of course. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so moving along. You, you've you also covered ACC stuff. I mean, you'll, you'll come cover a random NC State, Duke, 
UNC game. You've been doing that for years. You kind of ran around with with Brett Strilo and Steven Schramm and, and those guys uh, back in the Dan Weeder. Don't forget Dan Weeder. Yeah, well, I never knew him until I met him with through you. But you have any good stories in the last eighteen years of covering the ACC that <laughs> not not just you know from a game or just something off the off the court that you think our listeners here at Inside Carolina would enjoy to hear? Um, it, it could Goodness be a game, right? could be a crazy thing that happened with UNC um, that you remember. Before we dive Man. into Elon UNC talk, yeah. Well, I, it's I have I've been lucky enough. Yeah, it's been getting – it was spotty last year, but I, before that I've been lucky enough yeah, to cover up a, quite a lot of ACC basketball. Um, you know, I was at I was at Carolina that night. They played Presbyterian, and, and Roy Williams had the fan ejected. Um, that was something I'll never forget. You know, he's got his arm in a sling, and uh, some dude at the end of the game – the place was pretty much empty by this point. I think Carolina won the game by 40 points or 50 points. Uh, shouts miss it Dion um, <laughs> to Dion Thompson and Roy for whatever reason you know just jerks around like really like spins around and points at the guy because he was in the section behind the Carolina bench but he was a, quite a ways up the section you know, I mean I mean maybe 15 or 20 rows up um, and he like motions to the to the cops right by the bench to go get him and they went and got him <laughs> and they they went and got him and kicked him out. I mean, they ejected him from the game. Um, so that was that was a that was a one I'll never forget. Um, you gotta tell us the quote in the locker room after that game. You always tell me that story. That's, that's right. That's right. That's a. That's, uh, that's I know story. how he. Uh, I know how he's viewed by your audience. It would be uh, Larry Drew, Larry Drew the second. Um, Roy used to always call Larry Drew's father Big Larry, um, which was kind of funny. Big Larry. I talked to Big Larry on the phone today. But uh, after the game, you know, I just thought it was such a bizarre th- – I mean, it was a blowout trying to write about something interesting, and the game was not interesting. Um, and so I was kind of – you know, we were kind of asking people what they thought about that situation. And uh, the money quote, uh, the lead quote was from Larry Drew the second, And um, he said, man, that's that's some head honcho stuff right there like about Roy's ability to get someone removed from a place he had a ticket for, you know, he paid to get into the door. Um, So that was, that was a good one. Uh, Deion Thompson was pretty good after that game too, but the Larry drew, uh, that's some head honcho stuff was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I I was, I was lucky enough to cover a lot of those years. Um, The Tyler Hansborough, Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington, Danny Green years, uh, you know, I was um, was at the Final Four in, in 2008 uh, when they when Carolina played Kansas and Roy played Kansas for the first time and they fell in a huge hole. Um, you know, I was there. I was there at Chapel Hill the night that that Hansborough became um, Carolina's all-time leading scorer uh, against Evansville of all people. Um, yep, I remember that. You know. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a good night. Phil, they Phil Ford, they brought Phil Ford into the interview room that night, and he sort of it was almost like a um, a passing of the torch because he he had obviously been the the top scorer in school history for so long, and um, I mean Hansborough, I I loved being around Tyler Hansborough. Now he was not usually a good quote. Um, he was just kind of you know always jacked up and wanting to like lift weights and foul people out, but. Uh, 
I don't know if he said anything particularly interesting that night, but I remember him sitting beside Phil Ford, and I was like, ah, this is – it was like a passing of the torch, you know. Um, so there's been a lot. There's There has been a lot. Um, you know, I, I got, I, I got I remember, one story. One, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your, go ahead. your thought. No, go, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say I remember those teams and uh, and Ty Lawson, who, who Roy used to call Dennis the Menace all the time. Um, <laughs> and uh, – there was the year, the year they went up, ended up winning the 2009 national championship. Obviously, Carolina fans will remember this. Was you know he had Ty Lawson had the toe problem, and it was like uh, it was almost the toe that kept him from winning the championship. He didn't play the entire ACC tournament. The ACC tournament was in Atlanta that year, um, and they held him out for that. And apparently, at some point, at the end of the from the I think he got injured against Florida State, if I'm not mistaken, down there. Um, in the ACC and tournament, at some point. I think there was some. I think it's some big burly forward for FSU, and maybe the last name Reed that like kind of fouled him hard, or he went down awkwardly. And but anyway, at some point, Ty Lawson, who was hilarious, um, yeah, he he once he once uh, wanted to go on a uh, NBA workout to the Wizards uh, because he thought that Washington, uh, since it has a coast, had nice beaches. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway um yeah he at some point uh between the end of the regular season and the the ACC tournament and the start of the NCAA tournament he had uh like taken to soaking his foot in Epsom salts because some somebody I believe his grandmother had told him like that was the thing that he should do to, to cure this injury now never mind the fact that Carolina probably has an incredibly first class state of the art um, you know, team doctors, medical attention that you could get around the clock there. Um, so that apparently caused it to get even worse. And I think it swole up even worse and was even more difficult to deal with. Um, but that was kind of, you know, that was everybody was on toe watch for a couple of weeks uh, yeah, there in I mean, 2009. I've heard stories of the Inside Carolina message boards during that time period. You know, anything like that, kind of mythical – rumors and all that stuff guys floating around you know the, the boards are pretty nuts um now I, i'd love to hear the j no uh not JJ, the grayson allen story but that might be for a different podcast when he oh man uh when he was a tripped yeah he tripped a elon player even uh, santa Ana, right? who's still on the team he's still on elon's team he's a senior guard yeah Jeez, so he was a freshman that year has to be right no no i think he was a sophomore yeah, he was a sophomore. Okay. Um, I mean, I just remember in Phoenix, Charlie Mickens and you <laughs> and I and Mark Armstrong sitting at the brunch at the hotel, and Mickens told up you and Mickens went back on a thirty-minute tale of, of what happened <laughs> after that game. But that might be something we could do on like a UNC Duke, or uh, it's not made for this. Um, before we get I think to Elon, I was around for talk. three of the four Grayson Allen trip games. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I covered three of the four trip games. I got 75% yeah. of Grayson Allen trip. And we were there in Brooklyn like, for what, what, what was he oh, got yeah. Garrison Brooks? Yeah. He got Garrison. That's, Brooks. That's right. We, we, we got that quote that got on ESPN for when, uh, he butt checked Garrison Brooks in that semifinal. Um, that was our. A moment to shine there. So before we get into some more uh, UNC coverage talk and Elon talk, I want to talk about HeelsTravel.com. HeelsTravel.com is the best way to book big UNC away game basketball travel. 
right now we're promoting a package to go to Chicago to see UNC take on Kentucky on December 22nd. It's part of a two-night trip to Chicago to stay at the Chicago Omni. You get to see UNC play Kentucky. You get transportation uh, from RDU, obviously a flight from RDU to Chicago, and then transportation from um, the airport Chicago to the hotel. Visit HeelsTravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book. A lot of people travel to Cal with Heels Travel for that game, which was in September. They love the service there. It's just a great chance to go see the Tar Heels on a big stage. It gives a great opponent and check out a great city right around Christmas time with all those lights around the big city. Uh, HeelsTravel.com or call 336-855-0060. You know, Kentucky and UNC could, could both be top five teams there. It's one of the premier games on the schedule. All right, Adam, so we've been traveling, covering UNC during the tournament for uh, for three years now. What's your kind of it's fair great, story too. during our times? Yeah. What's it been like it's having been, me no, added really, to the beat? I've, I've enjoyed it immensely. I mean, like, you you seriously are a great – you're talking about the, tra- the travel. You are a great tour guide. You have a great – ability to get into a city figure out where we should go and how we should get there and like you just you know i, I follow you around i follow you around you're uh but particularly in new york like i mean you know what you were doing you know where we should hop on the subways i mean i i think you know you don't give yourself enough credit in that respect you're an excellent tour guide what where, where do you get your great sense of direction where does that come from is that just were you just born I, with that i love traveling and seeing new cities i don't know i've been in new york a lot but uh you know i think much of the the joy of of this job is when you get to explore different areas so you always just walk around we did that kind of that big tour of new york when uh i think the first uh, was it the first time we were there no it was the second time we were there we just kind of had a little free time for the game we went all the way to that that big square and took photos and stuff but well, i remember park, i mean right? Char- yeah that's right i remember the uva in charlotte the first round of the ncaa tournament uh oh, going yeah. to rush and run down to see umbc beat uva late at night you deserve a uh, tremendous amount done... of credit for that <laughs> you, you can, deserve I was all the credit the hotel room. i know you deserve all I was... the credit i mean you you okay. deserve it i got it i got it yeah i, I was in the hotel room already you were finishing up your unc story i i already published my story and, and got things set i was actually back in the hotel room i was drinking a beer waiting for you to come back after you, because you're always a little slower than me. Um, more I, had, I believe I wrote two, but that's if we're keeping score. I believe I wrote two, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so I'm just waiting that's for fine. you. We're probably gonna go out to bars or go watch go watch some that tournament in that nice hotel room. And then you came back, I think, before the second half, and man, it was like UVA was <laughs> down by 20, and we were like, all right, if they're gonna be down by if they're gonna be down by you know 15 at this point, if they're down by 10 at this point, we got to go back. This is history, and we. <laughs> We rushed back, and you had ended up having to write a story because it was like a historical moment. It was, it was really cool to kind of be there for that UMBC UVA game. Yeah, and let's—I mean, let's be honest. I was—I was whining. I didn't want to do it. I thought I was done for the night. Yep. Uh, I knew we were going to be doing a lot the next day. I knew, you know, the next day was coming. We we're going to have to do a lot. Obviously, the NCAA tournament can be a bit of a grind. You know, I know you don't want to hear reporters complaining about being that close to the action, but it can be a little bit of a grind. But you, being the good energy guy that you are, uh, which you are, you bring the great energy, always upbeat. You 
convinced me basically we needed to get back there. And you were completely right because, like, I mean, that was to be in that moment was something we'll probably always remember. I mean, we've been – you and I have been to, to Final Fours. We've been to national championship games. Um you know, we're, we're, we've been to the national championship game where Carolina lost at the buzzer. We've been to the national championship game where they got redeemed. Uh, <laughs> but that was something I think we'll we'll always remember because, I mean, that's never happened. That has never happened before. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the other day where UMBC raised a banner in its, in its arena just for, yeah. that, for that victory? That's right. I mean, it's incredible. I love it. I mean, it's just cool telling people you're there. I mean, it's like, it's like a um... – uh, Forrest Gump moment of college basketball. Like, yeah. if you were there for all the big moments, it's kind of like you. You were there for the Hansborough thing. You're here for this and that. You know, that's kind of one of the the big moments of uh, NCAA basketball yeah, history. We went into but the post game. We went into the post game, and we, you know, I mean, how different? I mean, I, I obviously it's kind of a, an obvious statement to make, but how different was it? The absolute just um, sadness and devastation of the Virginia post game because you're a number one seed. You've just won the ACC tournament. Um, you've won the ACC regular season. You know, what did they – Virginia went 20-1 and one against the ACC, if you count what the tournament. That, I mean, that's they were, uh, I mean, we're picking them to win it all. I mean, they were like one of the favorites. I think it was them and Villanova. Favorites. Right. Right. So you're thinking this is going to be just the start of a long run. You're in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is not too far from where you are. You know, you're thinking you're going to win two games. And uh, head on to the regional round. And, you know, you've got UMBC who, you know, I mean, I mean, it just obviously couldn't have been two different type of emotional states for um, these two teams. And then UMBC, they're instantly, it's, it's the magic of the NCAA tournament. It's why we love the NCAA tournament. They're instantly the darlings of this thing. You know, nobody, you've heard of the school, but you have no idea who the players are. You know, oh, Dave's, Dave Odom's son is coaching. Okay, all right. Well, I know Dave Odom. You got, um, you got Mark Armstrong in the locker room talking about that video game, which I'd never heard of, and he was – Fortnite. Yeah, I'd never heard of it until that night. It was nuts. I um, mean, I've heard of it, but I've never played it. But, yeah, he, he made uh, friends with all the bench, the bench guys from UMBC, and somehow they're all, like, fast Fortnite buddies. <laughs> you know, they're, they're in on the Fortnite, and um, – yeah, you're right. I ended up writing a story about it, obviously, because uh, we've got a newspaper here in Burlington, and you know, it was it was something that was it was. I mean, I think it passed the test of is this newsworthy or not. For so sure. it ended up being a long night, but I again, I thank you because you were you were right on the money. I was whining about not wanting to go. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this, and you convinced me, and I followed you back down there, which. You also deserve credit for picking the hotel that you did because it was within walking distance, an easy walking distance of the arena there in Charlotte where the Hornets play. And um, the place had spectacular robes. And uh, we were able just to walk right back, head back out into the city on a Friday night and down to the place. And we were out there courtside when the game was over. Yeah, it was awesome. But uh, cool. So the reason we have you on after – Diving deep into your 18 years of covering college sports. There's so much Carolina. more. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast, if not a whole podcast series. But UNC takes on Elon. This is what the Insights Carolina podcast listeners have tuned in to hear is the, is the preview of UNC Elon on Friday, November 9th. UNC takes on Wofford on November 6th, uh, Tuesday, 
And so there'll be two straight road games, um, you know, within pretty close distance to UNC. But this is an interesting situation because UNC uh, graciously has uh, as was work with Elon to open up a new arena for the Phoenix, the Scar Center. Um, and we, we got that. I mean, you broke the news about UNC being the, the first team they're going to play this year. Um, give us a taste of, you know, the vibe for this game, um, the vibe around Elon with the Tar Heels coming into town and kind of a look into this arena and what it kind of means to the program in, in that sense before we dive into maybe some more uh, pure basketball stuff. Well, just as a little tidbit there, you made me think about when you were saying, you know, the Tar Heels going to play Wofford on Tuesday night and then uh, Elon on Friday night. I believe it's the first time in 32 years that Carolina is starting a basketball season, a men's basketball season with back-to-back games on the road. I'm sure you probably know that, but I think that was the stat. Um, a page topper there. In, yeah, that's definitely a page topper. Um, I believe that made it in print somewhere, but I, that was the stat I believe when they announced their non-conference schedule. It was the first time in 32 years um, they're doing that. So insert Duke joke here about playing road games. Um, no, uh, I mean, well, I mean, you can, as you can imagine, Ross, it is they are giddy with excitement over there. I mean, not only are you opening up the, you know, this brand new building is called the Shar Center. You might want to get that right. It's Shar, not Scar. What did I say? Shar. I think you said scar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you were close. You left out the H. Uh, there's an H in there. Yeah. Shar, um, who, by the way, that that dude apparently is one of the minority owners of the Washington Redskins football team. Uh, so they shook yeah. him down for some money, I guess. Um, I think he gave twelve million. It's um, it's a beautiful building. Uh, they Elon had played in this very intimate place. I believe I've referred to it as cozy, called Alumni Gym. And they played there for 68 years. The place opened in 1950. It yeah, it's uh, yeah, I mean it's wonderful. Actually, I went to uh, many Elon basketball camps as a young uh, fellow growing up in Alamance County at Alumni Gym. And um, another page topper for you, uh, Frank Haith, the former Miami coach, um, who's bounced around. Uh, I believe he's at Tulsa now. If I'm right, if he's you know he went to Missouri, Miami, Missouri. Uh, was a assistant at Texas under Rick Barnes. He was he's an Elon grad, and he used to live in Alumni Gym when he went to Elon. He got on as like a volunteer manager with the team. He was not he was not a player, and he had like a closet that he lived in in an Alumni Gym that he turned into like a dorm room. But anyway, another page topper for you there. But yeah, Elon played at Alumni Gym for sixty eight years. Uh, they had. I, you know, they had outgrown the place. Uh, and, you know, it's th- this new place, the Shar Center, it seats 5,100 people. Alumni Gym seated 1,600. Uh, th- this place seats three times more than what Alumni Gym space was. And another maybe interesting tidbit for you was, is um, in 1950, when they opened that Alumni Gym, when they opened Alumni Gym, the then Fighting Christians played the North Carolina Tar Heels to open that place. So Carolina's going to be opening two arenas at Elon 68 years apart. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, there is tons of excitement around there. I mean, there, you know, it's, it's, this is, this has been a vision for Elon's athletic department for probably 20 years now. You know, they've wanted to, uh, 
build like a convocation style arena where you know you can have basketball you can have concerts they just had a homecoming concert there the other night because homecoming was this past weekend um they're they're what's that who played in the who was the concert i believe it was sean kingston and jesse mccartney or mccarthy okay i don't know yeah uh that's who it was i'm pretty sure um i did not attend the concert um but they have uh i mean one of their like dreams is to hold a presidential debate on campus mm. okay and uh they would love to have that there at this new place i mean you have this new kind of sparkling you know jewel there um it's beautiful you'll see it you'll see it when you come obviously i mean it's everything is brand new um you know and uh to, to be able to get carolina is huge for for a place like Elon because uh, Carolina doesn't have to do that. Carolina can do whatever they want to do. They're Carolina. You know, Roy Williams can play whoever he wants to play. And the process of getting Carolina, you know, you sort of have to, you know, with, with, with Roy, he has shown that if you get in line, so to speak, and ask and give them plenty of time to plan, yeah, we will come help you out. And, uh, you know, help you open up your place. The Wofford Arena is is going to be in its second year, and that thing is supposed to be sparkling, too. Um, and then uh, Friday night will be on its first men's basketball game. So it'll be the first ever men's basketball game at, at the Shar Center. And, you know, I think this has been – they've been working on this for nearly two years. Elon had to try to get a uh, a name-brand team like Carolina – to to come open it up and the the day that everything became official um yeah that we were lucky enough to break the news i appreciate you pointing that out because we were we got lucky on that shows what happens when you treat people right sometimes um 18 years, you know, we, 18 years <laughs> we we broke the yeah i got a call the night before that uh by the way uh we got a big fish on the hook um but anyway uh elon's coach is named matt Matheny, and um the next day when it all became official, you know, he said, he said, it's going to be like taking a bottle of champagne and christening the boat, you know, having Carolina there. Um, just because, you know, what kind of just excitement and energy and, and name recognition it, they, you know, that program what brings what it's six national championships for the Tar Heels. I mean, you don't, you just can't, you know, you can't do that with many other programs. So it's a, tremendously exciting time for them you know it's going to be um the place is going to be sold out you know i'm I'm sure every seat will be full uh, yeah. they've, they've sold three times more the number of season tickets this year than they had last year and um and you know carolina's a big reason why they were able to do that and i don't think they ever put tickets on sale publicly because so many people bought season tickets and like little mini packs of tickets so they could come see uh, the Tar Heels open up the building. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like when Alabama fans, you know, bought season tickets to Duke a couple yeah. of, you know, way back in the 2000s, or, or when like Notre Dame plays UNC in football, and uh, Notre Dame fans buy the whole season ticket just to get that one ticket. Um, so obviously a huge game for Elon, and kind of like Wofford, it's going to be a rowdy crowd. Uh, I talked to the we, we just talked to the Wofford uh, a Wofford guy. And he said how the stadium is built so the fans are right on the right on the court. 
you have that kind of almost like a high school atmosphere with, with the students and how loud it can get. And we, we would expect that same kind of rowdy atmosphere uh, at Elon on November 9th. But uh, we got the kind of idea of what's the atmosphere and, and building up this game. Let's get into, uh, as we close this podcast, let's kind of get into Elon and what we expect from this team. You've covered this team. You know the players. Um, I was reading a little bit about it, and it seems like um, this Tyler Sebring guy is the, is the star preseason all-CAA team. Uh, 15.4 points last season, 6.8 rebounds. Seems like a kind of a big dude, 6'9", 225 from Illinois. What can you kind of tell us briefly about this Elon team and, and what UNC fans, you know, who want to know a little bit about the Phoenix uh, are going to be able to bring on Friday? Well, you did a good job with Tyler Sebring, Ross. I'm impressed. Um, and he's from normal Illinois, you know, normal Illinois. Uh, yeah, like Elon, Elon, well, we Elon go. is, Elon, <laughs> Elon went 14 and 18 last year, which was a considerable disappointment because they had uh, a very veteran team last year and they were expected to contend you know, maybe not win, but be a player in the race for the Colonial Athletic Association title, the CAA, as you very well know. Uh, and, you know, things started well for them. They were 4-2 and two at one point in the league last year, and they had beaten College of Charleston, who was the eventual champion of the league who went on to the NCAA tournament. But the wheels kind of fell off. Well, not kind of. The wheels fell off. Um, Elon lost, like, its last seven games of the year. 10 of its last 12, and it was sort of hard to figure what happened. So I say that to sort of set up, you know, who this team is entering this season. It's a team that, that like, has sort of lived with that disappointment throughout the offseason. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned Tyler Sebring. Uh, he's a 6A forward, uh, very good shooter, very heady. Um, he's led Elon in scoring and rebounding in the last two seasons. The last two years, he's been second-team All-CAA player. He's Elon's best player. Um, they sort of have a mix of older guys like Tyler Sebring, Stephen Santa Ana, who we mentioned from – who will always be remembered for the Grayson Allen trip um, and the meetings afterward. That was – it was that was insane where uh, <laughs> Coach K from Duke was, was uh, made uh, Stephen Santa Ana – Matt Matheny, Grayson Allen, they all went into a room. They all talked about like what had happened and what they were all going to say. Anyway, uh, it was it was. Hey, I want to you know I want to anyone... appreciate you. I want to appreciate you for uh, you know, clarifying that it was Coach K from Duke. <laughs> well, I didn't know if I should say Mike Shishetsky. Um <laughs> That's right. But uh, you know anybody who's ever covered a game. I mean, this went on for forty-five minutes after the game was over. As we watched them, the game was at the Greensboro Coliseum. We watched them walk out of their locker rooms and into these little meeting rooms, back out of the meeting room into the locker room. I mean, it was it, it was surreal. You know, it was it was like watching something happening at the zoo because we were behind this door. But anyway, um, okay. yeah, Tyler Sebring's a senior. Stephen Santa Ana's a senior. Really good shooter. He's from Charlotte. Um, he supposedly has had, in, in Coach Matheny's estimation, the best preseason of anybody. He's Stephen Santa Ana. have another senior named Danon Swoop, who, if you read Monday's section of the Times News, you will learn that he's been bothered by a nagging ankle injury. He's a guy who's been their two-year starter at point guard. 
and he doesn't look like he's going to start the season as a starter, which is going to be different because, like I say, he's been the starter for the last two years. He hasn't missed a game the last three years. He's played in 96 straight games. Uh, he's a super tough guy, so it's kind of concerning that, you know, that he's not full speed to start the year. I mean, after they had an exhibition game, Elon did, last week, and he came off the bench, Dana and Swoop. And um, Coach Matheny afterwards said, you know, he did, he just does not feel 100%. And you you feel like, you know how it is at the start of the season for any sport, you feel like everybody should be 100%. So that's kind of a red flag there. Um, they also have a sort of an interesting mix of four freshmen who they've added. So it's kind of like they have um, five seniors, they have four freshmen. To be quite honest with you, in between the seniors and freshmen, there's not much there. Um, they do not have a junior class, just the way things shook out in recruiting. Um, they have a few sophomores who are unproven, but uh, that's what Elon is going to have to figure out, is how these freshmen, they have uh, two freshman guards, Chris Wooten out of Kinston, Andy Pack out of Greensboro. They have two freshman big men, Chuck Hanna out of uh, Boston, and Federico Poser, an Italian, um, yeah. who... Yeah, I've, I can't wait to see how my uh, Mebin accent blends with his Italian accent. Um, you know, we should be – maybe it'll be like a buddy cop movie or something, you know? Um, but how those how those young guys blend with the seniors, Sebring, Santa Ana, Swoop, uh, Sheldon Eberhardt is a senior. You know, like that's going to – that's how, you know, Elon has got to try to figure this thing out. They – Elon is picked to finish eighth in the CAA out of ten teams, so the expectations around the league aren't too high um, for Elon. And uh, you know, I think I've told you this before. I, it'll be interesting to see Friday night when Carolina and Elon play. You know, how many points Luke May scores? Because uh, you know, like Tyler Sebring, if Tyler Sebring is guarding Luke May, those are two very skim similar skill sets for two very similar sized guys. And I would think Luke May might be able to just, you know, have himself a night because Elon doesn't have really athletic, shot-blocking, dunking post guys. They have serviceable post guys who are skilled, but, you know, they do not play above the rim. So um, maybe, you know, if anybody's making a pick-to-click for Friday night, you might want to go Luke May. I know that's not going out on a limb considering he's preseason ACC Player of the Year. But, um, yeah, so that's what Elon's working with. They're coming off the disappointment of last year and how that ended, and it was sort of a crash and burn. And they have an experienced nucleus, and they have a lot of freshmen, and they'll have to see how it works out. The night that, e that Carolina plays Wofford, Elon is at Manhattan to open the season. So it'll be Elon's Are you second game, obviously. When I, I am not. No, no. I'll actually be covering the Elon women against the North Carolina women. Uh, Sylvia Ooh. Hatchell. Sylvia Hatchell in the girl. Yeah, yeah. So, um, good stuff. But no, I'm not going to that. Well, <laughs> great. So, I mean, it seems like Wofford's be a little more of a test for UNC. Wofford, uh, of course, returning Fletcher McGee, as we spoke earlier in the podcast, and a, a pretty good uh, Terrier team down there in, in the Sparkle City. But Elon will be the next test, the second road game for UNC uh, on November 9th, 7 p.m. It looks like it's going to be on ESPN. You down there in Elon, right down 54 from um, from Chapel Hill. I'm going to look forward to uh, cover that game with you, Adam. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast to to 
relive some of your glory days and, and chop it up on some basketball and also give us a little glimpse into Elon. I'm not a big preview guy, but uh, hopefully the IT listeners can take something from that and, and kind of know the big players. And I think it's really interesting what Roy Williams and the UNC program has done to help Elon, uh, UNC, a North Carolina school, uh, opening their facility. I know he always has those um, exhibition games against smaller universities to at least give them some money. So another North Carolina uh, move by Roy. Um, any final words, words, Adam, before we sign off here? Well, you know, you mentioned uh, – well, thank you for having me, Ross. It's been great. I love talking to you. You know, we should just do this more <laughs> often. But um, it, it, you mentioned Wofford and Fletcher McGee. You remember, we, we both obviously were at the game last year in the Smith Center when Wofford beat Carolina. And just you saying that sort of jogged my memory. Do you remember the post-game scene there where we're in the media room, the interview room where where Roy has come in to talk to, to the reporters, which – in the new arrangement of how the Smith Center bowels are, that room backs up to the visitor's locker room. And if you remember, I'm sure you do, Roy was in there talking, and he was pretty hot. I remember he banged his fist on the uh, on the lectern or the podium, whatever you want to, you know, the desk that he was sitting at. Yeah. And as he was talking, you could hear through the walls the celebration from Wofford. You know, I don't know if you remember, they're in their locker room just whooping it up and going crazy, obviously. They just beat – I think Carolina was number five in the country at that point. Yep, they were. Um, yeah, like, yeah, they – You, I remember you could hear the noise coming through that, and you've got Roy is just sort of a um, – quite a, quite, a, quite a contrast of what was going on. And you hear them celebrating. You hear Roy not pleased. Then Roy gets done. He gets up. He leaves. Here in comes Wofford coach Mike Young, who was – absolutely drenched from head to toe someone had got him with you know like a gatorade bucket or something yeah. i mean he was soaked you know soaked through his shirt had a towel looked like a miniature version of john thompson had a towel on his shoulder you know he's in there apologizing for dripping water everywhere so it, yeah but i, I don't know if that's the final thought but uh yeah, that you saying that sort of jogged my memory and um be you know, interesting I, to see how carolina reacts playing playing the, the wofford terriers again after what yes, happened last year. i think it's a game i mean looking at how UNC played against Mount Olive. It's certainly a game they can they can lose down there in Spartanburg. I, I do remember that celebration. It's kind of awkward. Roy's having a serious talk with with serious reporters, and there's yeah, there's a party <laughs> going on right through the, the next door, and you can hear it all. Um, that was certainly a game to remember. Uh, but Adam, appreciate it so much. We'll sign off here. The Inside Carolina podcast presented by Jersey Mike's. Heels 15 to get 15% off your order on Chapel Hill, Hillsborough, and Chatham County stores. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now.